0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Today is Sunday. September 3rd. We are in those September months. Well, there's only one of them, but we are in it for sure. I'm joined by my buddy Ryan Boyer. Uh, We're going to go over our three up and three down from the weekend. We're going to go over some fab recommendations. There's a lot of intrigue this week with so many, not as many as usual or as many as we've been used to, but a bunch of September call-ups that are intriguing. But first, we've got some headlines, and we've got to start with a bummer, I think. Uh, Riley Green placed on the injured list with elbow inflammation. I think Green has been one of the more underrated young talents in baseball this year, Ryan. And it's such a bummer that it's probably the end of his 2023 campaign.
2: Yeah, it's looking like that could definitely be a possibility. I mean, obviously, more concerning with elbow inflammation, if we're talking about a a pitcher, that almost surely is a season ender. Yeah. Um but you know, outfielders got to make a lot of throws too. They yeah. they're not going to want to risk anything. Yeah, it's it's bad timing. Um Bradley Green, I agree he's kind of been an unsung uh uns, I don't know about unsung hero is the right where to kind of not 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 gotten enough play probably. Um certainly an, an intriguing young Young hitter um, mm-hmm. Just made the move to well, Actually he's been playing both left field And right field with Parker Meadows Kind of taking over in center So yeah that's a It's a bummer um, That Detroit lineup Is I mean it's still overall Pretty bad but there's yeah. definitely Some intriguing pieces you know Spencer Torkelson has taken a Taking a step forward this year Carrie uh, Carpenter is looking like a legitimate bat for them Mm -hmm. um i think miguel cabrera is going to get extended for another 10 years maybe we can (laughs) see how long he can uh keep it going no but uh (laughs) yeah it's uh it's a bummer for riley green but you know all things considered you know a relatively minor injury assuming it is just the just the inflammation that uh he should be fine over the long haul
1: yeah i think so as well and look I think he just gets kind of lost in the shuffle because of how many good young players there are in baseball right now. Like you take a look at Julio Rodriguez and Bobby Witt Jr. and Michael Harris, and you kind of forget Green, but Green's at 288, 349, 447. That's pretty darn good for a player of his age and experience level. A uh, lot of long term intrigue here. Somebody I'll be drafting for sure in the mid to late rounds in my fantasy league because I do think there's star potential in that bat. I wish he stole more bases. Um, I think he does play in a different park and he played in a different park. That'd be a good thing, too. And honestly, maybe in a uh, different team, because I think Detroit still got a little while to go before they're ready for this. They, like you said, they they built some intrigue. Um, Maybe take a look at Parker Meadows as a replacement type of his situation. He's been really good in his very small sample size, but maybe something that makes sense. 302, 388, 465. But yeah, long term, I think Green's going to be just fine. But it is a bummer that I imagine unless Detroit somehow really gets into this thing or this is just like the most precautionary thing, injury placement ever, doesn't sound like either one of those things are going to happen. So Green season, I would guess is probably over. Yeah, we're going to
2: we're going to touch on another outfielder in and waiver wired who would be a fine replacement as well. Maybe yeah. someone from another planet. Ooh,
1: that's a nice little tease. Uh, unfortunately, we're on this planet, and this planet is still dealing with COVID-19, Ryan. Um, Graham Beautiful. Ashcraft being placed on the injured what a list. Segue. Oh, I know. I hate it. I, I, it's a great segue, but I hate it. Uh, Reds placed a bunch of players on the COVID-19 uh, list yesterday. Uh, now Graham Ashcraft going on the injured list. The reds are still in this thing, Ryan, but it's starting to look like a little bit of a mess.
2: Yeah, the rotation specifically, I mean, Ashcraft with the with the toe injury, um Hunter Green and Brandon Williamson both on the COVID IL. I feel like maybe I'm even missing an additional guy. Was there another starter that Ben Lively. Ben Lively, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, to be honest, the guy who uh Started for the Reds today. I hadn't heard of until like two days ago. Uh, Carson Spears, I believe. This yeah. is his, Spires. Yeah, I believe uh, is his name. He had some decent numbers uh, from the early indications of how he fared today. I, I haven't seen if he's still pitching, but it was pretty ugly early on. Yeah, uh, the Reds are really kind of have to patch this thing together. Um, I didn't wasn't aware of this until this COVID stuff came out. I don't know about you, Chris, but I guess the rules regarding how long you must stay on the COVID list have changed. It used to be, there was no set um, length. You had to stay on there and you could replace that person on the active roster, but now, they have to spend at least seven days on the COVID IL because I think they were yeah. they were thinking a lot of teams were kind of they fudging stuff and taking yeah. advantage. It's so unlike teams to try to, to try to get, get a leg up by doing something nefarious. But yeah, um, but yeah. So Hunter Green, hopefully he'll be back. Uh, what Friday I believe would be his his seven days. Brandon Williamson, I think another day or two. After that, I believe Ben Lively is going to be eligible a little sooner than that. But, yeah, Red's still in it, um, but they're going to have to really patch this together, especially with their rotation in the coming days. Uh, they did make a little comeback yesterday. They got shut down by – here's another spoiler. The guy that's – they got shut down by another Fab recommendation. Yeah, uh, Or, no, not a Fab recommendation, though – one of one of our three up guys.
1: Oh, that um, was such a good tease, and then it it just yeah. went to it went to heck I know, I know, I I tried. You, you tried, and you did pretty <sighs> darn well. Um, uh, Ryan is Con- Did I read that Connor Phillips is going to be making his debut pretty soon here too?
2: I don't think they've confirmed as much. He's on the active roster. Um, I think he who's – I I read earlier. I can't. I, Brett Kennedy, I know, is um, is still on the roster as well, and, and maybe they are still listing TBA for for uh, Monday, and one of those two guys is going to start then. That's the that's the the thinking anyway. But I think maybe Kennedy came on in relief earlier today. I'm not sure. I'll have to gotcha. double check the box score, but yeah, it looks like he's going to have to. I mean, they have really have no other choice at this point. Um, Unless they want to bring back uh, – I'm, sure, I'm, I'm blanking on those like uh, mid-2000s terrible <laughs> Reds rotations, Mike Miner, bring someone like that back.
1: Yeah, Bring back Aaron Harang, baby. Aaron Harang, I mean, get, that's a good let's one. Get, let's get some Harang going in here. Um, but, yeah, a, a tough situation. I will say I do like Phillips long-term be a little nervous about starting him short term just because he really has struggled in his last few AAA outings but that stuff is sick like there's no doubt about it that he can miss bats a really nice long-term play a little bit of a riskier one short term you're going to want to check matchups when he is on the mound uh just rounding out some injury stuff Um, uh, Drew and I talked about Max Scherzer they're still monitoring that situation he left his uh, what was an excellent start until he left it six innings of shutout baseball um Jorge Soler is dealing with a hip injury, I believe. Um, that is something you've got to keep an eye on. And then Luis Robert was scratched with a quad injury. It's that time, Ryan. It's that time where you just got to be paying super close attention to lineups. I'm not saying you shouldn't pay close attention to the lineups on June 12th. I'm, there, There's definitely, you got it with baseball. It's something you just have to pay super close attention to, especially if you're a daily lineup person. But especially now, when the season is so close, when get teams are out of it, um, when even you know two two of those teams we just mentioned aren't out of it, but the White Sox are extremely out of it, you got to pay real close attention because any little nagging thing, there's a very good chance they're not going to play through it.
2: Yeah, and I think it was the the fifth straight game that Solaire has missed. Yeah. Um, I, if memory serves, he had some hip issues last year too that caused him to miss a little time. Don't know if this is necessarily a recurrence of that, but you know, they've they could backdate it three days, um, you could still get him back in you know a week or so if they elected to go that route. Um, you know, he's missed five days already, but yeah, I mean, and with, with Robert too, I, I believe he's. This is the second day in a row he's been he's been scratched. Uh, I mean, there's the fact that he was in both lineups initially. Mm-hmm. Seems like kind of a good sign. You know, I always worry about um, when they refer to like a quad or a hamstring as a cramp, because that gives the implication that it's you know something that should go away soon. But mm-hmm. I believe I I don't believe I know that Ozzy Albies a couple weeks ago, that that was initially referred to as a hamstring cramp too on a Sunday. And then after lineups locked on Monday, they said, Oh, guess what? It's a strain. He's going on the aisle. So got to be really careful. Keep a close eye. Make sure to refresh that, uh, that um, Roto-Wire player news page and lineups page. Um, so we'll keep the keep you keep you up to date on all of that. Hopefully, we'll get some clarification one way or the other on both of those two guys before lineups lock for the upcoming week. Uh, Scherzer seems, you know, he doesn't seem to be too worried about his issue. You know, yeah, I've never really heard heard of a forearm fatigue before, but I guess they can fatigue just like any other parts of the arm. He is sure. he is he is an old man, so he's got a tired, just a tired, cranky arm. Yes, he does. Um, but hopefully, that's uh It is indeed just a fatigue or cramping kind of issue with
1: him as well. But another one to keep a close eye on is moving into this upcoming week. Absolutely, and yeah, we'll be curious to see how they manage that because boy, the Rangers need him. My, my Seattle Mariners are just playing so well right now, and have now developed a two-game lead on the Texas Rangers, a one game lead on the Houston Astros. I'm rooting for it, Ryan. I I, I have not seen my what's your, what's your gut feel and
2: how, how it, how it shakes out ultimately. Oh, I think it. all
1: three are going to the playoffs. Okay. It's going to be really interesting. The Mariners end the year with Texas, Houston, Texas. That's how mm. they play their last 10. Um, Seven okay. of those, I believe are at home. It's going to be in their hands. It's They, they completely control their own destiny. Completely do. And the big thing here is, They have the game lead on Houston. They have two more games that they have to play than Houston. And they have the tiebreaker over Houston. I think that's a really big thing. Like, being knowing that if you tie, because we're not doing one-game playoffs anymore, which I miss. Mm -hmm. I mean, we haven't had it in a while, but I will miss for sure. Game 163 was, like, as fun of a day for me as any, especially, you know. That was a big day for me in 1995, the first day time the Mariners ever made the playoffs, having Randy pitch that game against the Angels, the inside-the-park Luis Soho homer. But oh, there's yeah. been so many great 163. I'm sure the Cardinals have played some 163 games as well that have been phenomenal and heartbreaking because the you know the Cardinals have been so dang good over history that I'm sure there have been some great ones and some heartbreaking ones. But I will miss that. I will say I think Seattle does pull it out. I, th- I just think that they are the more complete teams right now with Houston dealing with some injury bugs. We'll talk about somebody, another tease here uh, who has come back from the injury bug uh, list and did something pretty cool recently, but, and then Texas just isn't playing very well. So I'll take the hot hand with Seattle. Uh, Speaking of hot hands, Ronald Acuna Jr. hit a baseball really hard yesterday. Really, really, really hard. 121.2 miles per hour on a 3-0 pitch somewhere. Tony Larusa is just throwing a fit. Although that game was close. So I guess he can't be too mad about it. This is such a special season that Ronald Acuna Jr. is having. And it's, it's most interesting too, because it's coming against the Dodgers. It's coming against Mookie Betts, who is having his own dang special season as well. And I just got to ask, Ryan, who this MVP is probably the closest that I can remember. Um, There's been a lot of times where it's like it looks close at this point, and then you look at the voting, and it ends up being like 29 to 1 or 28 to 2. It's like, remember Altuve Judge? That was considered so close. So it did not end up being very close whatsoever. Personally, I think Judge actually should have won. But I think this one's actually going to be extremely close, and I'm curious which side you'd be on.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Like it, It feels like we kind of awarded Acuna the MVP, like, Two months ago, and he's done He's done absolutely nothing but just continue to be awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's just that Mookie Betts has been so unbelievably awesome for a few months now. Stupid. And I mean, going by, I haven't checked the updated stats like today, but I know going by war, Betts has a not a significant edge, but a, a little edge um I would probably lean towards him um but it's just gosh Acuna is just like I mean he's you know what the first 30 60 player ever yep and and in hindsight it it feels kind of silly that he wasn't the unanimous number one overall fantasy pick doesn't it
3: 100%. like
2: I get yeah. that he was not totally healthy last year didn't put up. The numbers that we would like to see, especially from a from a power perspective, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of those instances like we we saw repeatedly over the off season. Like he was posting in like his own videos and about how about how his workouts and stuff were going. Like if ev- the hype was just building and he was feeling healthy, and everybody was talking about it's going to be a m- monster Ronald bounce back season, and you know we can't always buy into those. Um, Kind of narratives, but like mm-hmm. it just seems, especially with the new stolen base rules in effect, like he's Man. just an absolute fantasy monster. Um, yeah. So I'm going, I'll say fantasy MVP, Ronald Lacuna, real life MVP, Mookie Betts, but just a hair. I, I, I do like the fact that Mookie Betts has provided value by actually playing a competent second base and shortstop out of mm-hmm. the blue so yes. that gives him a nice uh, nice boost and he's been yeah. what since like June 1st it just he has like a 500 obp or something it's just uh, just crazy just they it really is going to come down to the wire like i really hope everyone saves their casting their votes until the absolute last minute because mm-hmm. they have to
1: <laughs> yeah um but let's just keep this in mind It's still too early to tell whether or not the Red Sox won or lost that trade, right? It's just too soon. We have to wait until 2032 to determine whether or not the Red Sox won that trade. You just can't measure the financial flexibility. There's a lot in that financial flexibility banner. Uh, It's so bad. Um, I probably would go with Acuna just because... It is like he does have the lead now. Uh, going by B War, at seven point six to seven. It was a win, but Acuna has been so hot over these last three days that he's picked it up. By the way, Julio Rodriguez is now fifth in WAR. Um, well, I was just shocked by that because he was not fifth in WAR in the middle of June, nowhere close to that mark. But
2: should, been should so hitting good. a should hitting a home run one hundred and twenty one point two miles per hour like be worth a full? Win and war, I, I feel like it should.
1: Win and a half. Win and a half. half if you hit I'm, a baseball. I'm down. <laughs> that freaking hard. But I just think, like, bets has been great all year, don't get me wrong, but yeah, the consistency that Acuna has had this season, and I think that was the number one concern. Like, last year, yes, there was obviously coming back from a horrific injury and coming back pretty darn quick from it. But, you know, he, he wasn't great last year. He wasn't great when he was on the field. He's been nothing but superb. I think his defensive struggles are extremely overrated. Yeah, he takes some interesting routes to the baseball. It is not his strong suit, and Betts is a better defensive player. But it's not like Ronald Acuna is like, boy, we need to get a defensive replacement. This is not Nelson Cruz in 2011 where you got to get somebody into the, into the lineup. In
2: the oh, no, you don't. <laughs> he, that was, he, he played that ball off the wall perfectly, Chris.
1: He sure did. He sure did. But yeah, this is going to be really close. The betting odds are extremely close. Um, I'm going to be fascinated to see how these final two months go for both of them because there is a long way to go for two absolutely terrific players. And Shohei Otani still has this thing locked, locked up in the American League, but the National League very close. Uh, watch us. Just, watch we, us go
2: down to. We're just you know going on about. Acuna and bets and now Freddie Freeman's going to hit 20 home runs this month or something, and he's going <laughs> to move ahead.
1: to see it. Love Freddie Freeman. Would love to see it. Uh, that covers most of the big weekend storylines. We'll cover our three up and three down and talk about some waiver targets, but first, let's take a quick commercial break.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never really know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the baseball. The home run index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium specific weather. Sorry, guys, that's going to be a weird one. (laughs) The computer froze right in the middle of my commercial break, so I'm going to start it again. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air there is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year An index is created for each game. So you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction right now, you can get access to the HRF premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour, of every game go to forecast.com now to sign up ryan you'd think i would have that memorized we've been doing the home run forecast read for a very long time but uh when the computer freezes in the middle of an ad what are you going to do let's talk about those three up three down um, and let's start with something that sounds absolutely delicious even at 10 53 in the morning let's talk about a jake burger
2: yeah jake with a double burger yesterday mm. <laughs> two home runs versus the Nationals. Jake Berger, by the way, uh, Missouri State Bear, fellow alum. To, nice. With yours truly.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, two home runs yesterday against the Nationals. I think the Marlins hit about 47 home runs yesterday. Um, yeah, Trevor Williams had a, had a rough one. Five home runs in 28 games since joining the Marlins. He's at an even 30 now on the season. Jake Berger is in just 441 plate appearances out of, I I believe there's 13 players who have reached 30 home runs and he's got easily the fewest number of plate appearances of everyone. I think only Marcelo Zuna and Max Muncie are also under 500 plate appearances, but Jake Berger's got easily the fewest, you know, we know what Jake Berger is at this point, I think Um, 29% strikeout rate, but also a 99% barrel rate. He's going to swing and miss a lot, but when he connects, he's going to hit the ball extremely hard. Yes. He's batting 241 this year, which actually isn't all that bad these days. I mean, right. that's, you can, you can handle that. Right. And his XBA because predominantly because he hits the ball so hard is actually 260. So mm-hmm. you could say he's been fairly unlucky long. in that yep. regard. Um, I mean, I don't, ultimately know if he's going to be a 260 hitter even at his at his peak but really happy for him that I mean he's blown out his his Achilles twice just I can't imagine what that is like to come back from right um but kudos to him for working his butt off and getting back to the majors and staying healthy and providing plenty of uh plenty of punch in the in the middle of the Marlins lineup I mean he's not in the best park now for that power, but I th- I think his power pretty much plays anywhere. And I mean, I think he's a legitimate. He, he's obviously got his drawbacks in certain regards. Mm-hmm. Not going to steal any bases. He's not going to hit for a great average, but not a great defender. But actually, an underrated athlete yeah. um, for a for a bigger guy. His sprint speed's in the like 70th percentile or something. Right. Not going to steal you a ton of bases, but. Um. Yeah, I think the power is legitimate with burgers. So uh, hopefully we'll see some more uh, double burgers down the stretch.
1: Sounds amazing right now. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> I could eat I could eat a burger at any single time of the day, giving me Same. breakfast, lunch, dinner, as long as you season the meat. Like these people who just put ground beef on patties and think it's done, it is, they're just insane just, human beings. Just put an burger. egg on it and have it for breakfast, Chris. There you go. The, I, the, the good morning burger is something that I have – Definitely partaking at at a few restaurants while on road trips. Uh, Michael Brantley uh, goes two for four with a homer. That is Brantley's first home run since June of 2022. That is a long time, Ryan, and it's somewhat justifiable considering that he has only played in four games this year and missed the end of last year. But it's still something to celebrate, and he's looked pretty darn good since coming back. Uh, two multi-hit games in his four games, hitting 308. With a 615 slugging percentage, it's great that he's been able to drive the baseball. Those of us who have been doing aggregating news for RotoWire know that there have been a lot of weird updates with Michael Brantley over the 2023 season. It looked like he was, he has been kind of like the Dragons uh, in George R.R. Martin. That he's coming, Michael Brantley's coming, and then all of a sudden there are setbacks or falsehoods. Dusty Baker apparently just has no interest in telling anybody accurate information, which, hey, you you want a World Series, you can do whatever the heck you want. But it was very frustrating, but it's nice to see him back in the lineup. It certainly helps Houston, which, you know, as a Seattle Mariner fan, isn't my favorite thing. But I like Michael Brantley. I think he has been one of the more underrated, solid offensive players over the last decade. Like, he had some excellent years with Cleveland. He's been a solid option for the Astros now for a couple of seasons. Not going to give you any stolen bases, but he's going to get on base. He's going to hit for a decent average. Not an elite power hitter either. Like the one homer, he's he's probably going to be on pace for right around 20 to 25 for the rest of the season. But I think that's pretty solid for the remainder of the year. And knowing that he's not going to kill you in the average or on base categories if you're playing in OBP is pretty solid as well. I think Michael Brantley is absolutely worth roster consideration if still available.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you would have – you mentioned that was his his first home run since June of 2022, is that what you said? If you would have said June of 2018, I I probably would have believed (laughs) you. He's he's basically the personification of that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
3: uh,
2: That's a a name I have not heard in a a very long time. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys, not to fall back on uh, cliches, but he's the – "Quote unquote professional hitter, a guy that can just roll out of bed and yep. hit a few line drives." As you mentioned, he's not a guy you can really count on for power at this point, um, mm-hmm. and that's you know probably doubly the case given that he's coming back from a, such a lengthy shoulder surgery rehab. But I mean, he the guy can hit, and he's going to be in a great spot in a in a good Houston lineup. So right. yeah, I mean. Especially in five outfielder leagues, I think probably even in three outfielder leagues, particularly if you're, you know, looking for a boost in average or runs, or I think he's uh, he's certainly viable. Um, just got to stay healthy down the stretch. Yep, very viable for the Cubs lately. Javier yes. Assad, mm-hmm. uh, kind of alluded to it earlier when we were talking about the Reds, but he he shut out those Reds for eight innings yesterday. Give up seven hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts. He was then pulled after those eight innings. Uh, he was under 100 pitches, I believe, but he hasn't been starting for that that long. I actually think David Ross probably made the right call there in, in pulling him didn't work out. Chicago blew his win and the game as well, but doesn't take any shine off the fact that he had an awesome start and he's really been awesome since going into the Cubs rotation. Yeah, uh, 1.95 ERA, 27 to 10 strikeout to walk rate in 37 innings across six starts since going into the rotation. That's the good, the bad, Christopher. 19.3% strikeout rate. Yeah. The X ERA on the season is uh 4.55. Um you know I he put up some decent numbers in the minors. Like I think he's a perfectly capable, like backhand starter in the major leagues but like don't expect this to continue Um, you know he's just not going to miss a ton of bats he does get a decent amount of ground balls Um, I suppose he's probably streamable and favorable matchups but he's certainly not a guy who in this final month is like a set it and forget it type fantasy starter.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Like that, that you just have to pay really close attention to who he's matching up against. And there is some regression, I think, coming at some point. Now, maybe it'll all come in 2024. That's certainly possible. And we can root for that, too. Like, you know, hopefully he just has one real terrible start in 2024 and we can forget about it. But it's certainly worth, especially with the Cubs being in win chances in all of these games. Didn't think we'd see that coming. Uh, Drew and I were talking about this yesterday, by the way, Ryan, is remember, uh, well, I'm not even going to ask you to remember it, but on April 5th, the uh, Cubs and Reds scheduled a doubleheader for September, and you had to be thinking April 5th, what are you doing? Why are you scheduling a doubleheader between two non-contenders so late in the season? Those games ended up being massive. These are huge games that are being played between these two teams, and that it just goes. That's my favorite part of baseball. The fact that we just don't know what's going to happen. The fact these games are so significant is awesome for both of those franchises. Uh, While one pitcher for Chicago was doing really well, we'll get into our down. Now, one pitcher for Chicago did not have a whole heck of a lot of fun at all. Uh, Mike Clevenger got lit. Four innings, 12 hits, eight earned runs, uh, no walks, did strike out a couple. Uh, a game score, if you're into that thing, of eight, which is not ideal. Uh, kind of disappointing because he was coming off one of his best starts in a very long time. Seven innings, just allowed one hit, one home uh, run against Oakland. So there is some reason for why that start went so well. But he had been pitching well. Uh, he had a 2.70 ERA in August. was kind of interesting to me that he went unclaimed on the waiver wire, especially with some teams needing some starting pitching help down the stretch uh teams maybe felt pretty good about that decision based on what they saw on uh Saturday I think Clevenger is still worth consideration against the weaker lineups but this is just a reminder that a guy who once had some of the very best stuff in all of baseball is absolutely going to be matchup dependent I think for the rest of his career
2: yeah He had been pitching well, as you mentioned, and showing a little bit more velocity since he came back Mm -hmm. from, I think it was a biceps injury. Sounds right. Um, But the, you know, the dangerous thing with anytime you're streaming, um, you're always prone to, for these starts happening. And like he was matched up against the Tigers. So (laughs) like you would think that that's going to be a great spot to use him. And that's the danger with a guy who's just not safe. He's not going to be safe against anyone. Um, I'm with you that I would like I would in deeper leagues, especially, I think he's still rosterable and I would be willing to, to throw him out there in two start weeks and then favorable matchups, but Mm
3: -hmm.
2: he's definitely, uh, definitely risky. Maybe he was, he was bummed. He didn't get claimed off, off waivers too. He's expecting to, uh, to leave a, that, uh, just absolute dumpster fire of an organization right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a mess, man.
1: Uh, yeah. By the way, five years ago, imagine me telling you that Carlos Carrasco and Mike, Carlos Carrasco and Mike Clevenger would go on waivers and nobody would want them. Like that's, that's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Carlos Carrasco. I mean, he, even just last year, he was still pretty good, yeah. but totally. yeah, yeah. the, the cookie is, uh, has crumbled for sure. That's a good, that's a good um another guy who um crumbled yesterday, I guess. Yeah. Jordan Montgomery, 6 earned runs on 7 hits and 2 walks, 0 strikeouts against the Twins. He's actually that was actually the second time in a row that he faced the Twins and he didn't do great against them in that other start either. I wonder mm-hmm. if they have uh, have picked something up against him because he was awesome pre- before that. Yeah. first four starts for the Rangers since coming over in a trade with the Cardinals he had a 173 era 26 strikeouts just three walks and 26 innings you know I I'm not worried at all about this start or really this start before it wasn't nearly as bad but not a great start the first time you faced the twins either but you know, certainly, Jordan Montgomery is not a a 173 ERA guy, but he's got the A's coming up this week. And I don't know about you, but I would have no qualms, no trepidation, anything about putting him in my lineup based on, you know, this just horrendous start. But, you know, against the A's. I mean, Jordan Montgomery's had a fine season. I think he's gonna be just fine. And I'm I'm rolling him out there this
3: week.
1: Yeah, it's funny too, because I was looking at, of course, I'm scoreboard watching with uh, the Astros and the Rangers just paying close attention, the Blue Jays as well. All three of those teams lost, by the way. Thank you very much, teams that played those teams. We really appreciate it. Uh, But you had like a 5-1 lead and I was like, oh, this is going to be another solid Jordan Montgomery start. And it quickly fell apart. But yeah, I, I think you are absolutely right. An excellent, not even streaming option because I don't think Jordan Montgomery counts as a streamer anymore. I think he's going to be.
2: I remember. A- I remember what it was like to
1: scoreboard watch at this time of the year, Chris. <laughs> you you'll be back next year, I think. <laughs> um, the uh, this guy's definitely not a streamer either, but has been, I think, one of the bigger fantasy disappointments in all of baseball, and that is Aaron Nola, who. Looks like he may be turning a corner in August, had a few really good starts, but it was another disappointing one on Saturday, admittedly against one of the hottest teams in baseball in the Milwaukee Brewers. Four and two-thirds innings, he gives up seven runs. He walks three, only strikes out five. Uh, ERA now 4.55 on the season. I think you're still starting Aaron Nola if he's on your roster. At this point, it's you're pot committed with Nola. if you've dealt with Nola all year i think you're still dealing with Nola. but i have some question marks here about what his free agent market is going to look like because there are some strong starting options that are going to hit this market even with shohei otani not being able to pitch next year there are some guys who look pretty darn good i wonder two things one what his market's going to look like and two Based on his previous success, is he still someone you give the qualifying offer to? I think probably, Um, but the fact that it's even like a kind of a question now is pretty insane and tells you just how mediocre Aaron Nola has been in the 2023 season. All that being said, as long as he's not facing like Atlanta or the Dodgers, I'm still having uh, Nola in my fantasy lineup.
2: Yeah, I am too. I mean, he's speaking of scoreboard watching and me, you know, being able to do it again next year. Dare I say, a major reason for that is going to be because the Cardinals are going to sign Aaron
1: Nola. Maybe there you go. Mm -hmm. It makes a ton Uh, of sense.
2: It does. Um, Yeah, I, I, you know, Aaron Nola's he gives up a ton of home runs. Like he's the I don't know. Do we call him an elite? Pitcher, like maybe he's more of a number
1: two. The next like a, tier below. Really him good number two. He, qualifies. he
2: he doesn't, like you if you watch him pitch, his stuff doesn't pop as much as other, you know, top tier starters mm-hmm. does. But like he's always getting strikeouts. He doesn't walk anyone. It's just when he doesn't have that pinpoint command, which he often does, he can give up a lot of hard contact, give up a lot of home runs. And that's why he has these – stretches and even years where his ERA is higher than what it should be, what you think it should be. Um, I'm not concerned over the long haul, but I, I'm, you know, I'm with you that I think you, you're you pretty much pot committed with Aaron Nola. Like you're probably going to roll him out there unless he's, you know, Atlanta, the Dodgers, maybe in Colorado, something like sure. that. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I have him in one league and I have not, yet considered benching him for any any week uh this whole season so gives you an idea that he's you know kind of in the circle of trust even though he's prone to these kind of uh blow-ups from time to time yeah. um is jason dominguez in the circle of trust Chris?
1: i think he might be so let's get into our fab targets and you teased that alien from another planet why don't you talk about uh there's some really good ones this week folks it's uh Drew and I talked, did a September call up preview and talked about a bunch of these guys. But, um, it's not the same as it used to be where we see 12 guys getting called up or something like that. Uh, thankful for you guys that you don't have to write up as much stuff, you know, that you don't have to put as every single player being in the lineup transaction type thing. I think that's a little easier, except for, of course, uh, uh, the Angels on Saturday, that was insane or whatever day that was where there were a lot of roster moves, but uh, it's a lot different, but there's still some really good young talents. And let's start with Jason Dominguez.
2: Yeah, Yankees, uh, Yankees going with the youth movement and also called also called up Austin Wells as well. Yes. Uh, Jason Dominguez, hard to hard to get a better major league debut than what he what he did. First yep. major league swing ever, hits a home run off with Justin Verlander. That's Berlander, uh, yeah. that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I did not see where he hit today in the lineup, but I know in the first game he batted fifth, and the second game he batted third. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that was to do with uh, Gulliver Torres being banged up I and mean, he's dealing with a back issue. But, right. you know, pretty telling that he's thrown right into the middle of the of the Yankees batting order. Uh, 265 377 425 was his slash line between AA and AAA this year 15 home runs 40 stolen bases really was playing well I, I, and I don't think the Yankees really even intended to necessarily call him up this soon but he was had been so good lately in the minors that he kind of kind of forced their hand a little bit 1060 OPS nearly as many walks as strikeouts in August in between double and triple a, you know, he's 21, right? Like he's definitely not a finished product. He, he for a large chunk of this season, he had just been kind of okay. I think we're both completely on board over the long haul with the the five category potential upside with Jason Dominguez. Yes. Yes especially in that ballpark. Uh, I think he could really be a fantasy monster at some point. Um, I don't know that we're necessarily counting on it down the stretch, but I also, Mm -hmm. you know, he's a guy who he could get hot for a month, certainly, especially since he's been swinging such a hot bat in the minors. Like he's a guy that needs to be rostered universally. Um, Yeah. I'm not, I don't have a high degree of confidence that he's going to be a fantasy stud right out of the gate. Right but he's definitely a guy to pick up and see what happens.
1: Well, I'll tell you this, Ryan, as a card collector, I'm excited to see Dominguez in the majors because goodness gracious, his rookie card next year in 2024 is going to be a chase. And we love when we have a chase, we had the Julio chase people, just that next Yankee. Great. That's what people are hoping for. You know, that always adds up. I think Dominguez is really interesting for the end of the year because the approach has been solid all season long. Like even when the hits weren't dropping, he was drawn a bunch of walks. He was probably too passive um, in my personal opinion, like just not being aggressive enough. I think he's found some assertiveness. I do think you're going to see some strikeouts. You're going to see some games where he just really scuffles, but there's going to be enough good that I think you can justify him as a fourth or fifth outfielder, not saying a third. Um, I'd rather have him. And the fear of missing out would be the thing with me for him. The FOMO would be very real with Dominguez for these final few weeks. I'd rather have him on my roster on my bench than watch him go off over the September month and say, "Well, that was stupid. Why did I use my not use my Fab to get him while I could?" So that let me that ask you this real quick. Yeah,
2: sort of interject here, but it's it's Dominguez related. I got a question on Twitter. Um, somebody asking they have their top waiver priority. Okay. In their dynasty league. And they were asking if they should go ahead and use it on Dominguez or hold it in case like a, a Jordan Lawler or Pete, oh. Pete uh, Crow Armstrong maybe comes up. Yeah. I went ahead and said I would probably go ahead and use it because there's no yeah. guarantee that we're going to see
1: Lawler. And yeah. I,
2: I assume that that waiver priority probably doesn't like carry over or anything. So mm-hmm. I would not – like. I like – I know you do too. I like yeah. Lawler a little bit more than Jason sure.
1: Dominguez. Sure. But – same for Coral Armstrong.
2: Yeah. And but I, I think I don't think you can risk uh not getting that a, a potential impact player. So I told him that I, w- I would go ahead and use that, that waiver priority.
1: I would too, but I think I would use it on a different player. I think I would use yeah. it on Ronnie Mauricio. Now, some of this depends yeah. on positional stuff. If you need uh the outfield help, obviously. Well, Mauricio might have outfield eligibility. That would be the, the big underlying factor here because he has played left field quite a bet in AAA. But yeah, Ronnie Mauricio is absolutely somebody I'm using fab on. Um, not just how good he has looked over these first three games. uh, Gone four for seven with a double, stole a base. Uh, first hit was 117 mile per hour rocket off of Logan Gilbert, who pitched awfully well outside of uh, facing Ronnie Mauricio in that game. There have been some ups and downs. There have been extreme ups and downs for Mauricio during his prospect development, but 292, 346, 506 with 23 homers and 24 stolen bases. uh, Was considered a top 20 prospect, I think, at one point. And then that dropped to maybe not even in the top 100 after a disappointing 2021 season and a pretty shaky 2022 campaign, even. But the talent's all there, Ryan. Like he can do everything. He can, the ball just jumps off his bat. There's plenty of pop in his bat. He can steal bases probably not a big run guy because I do not like this New York Met lineup. It is just not very good right now, especially with Pete Alonso going through some scuffles, although he just had an RBI single of George Kirby. Dang you. Um, but I do think that Ronnie Mauricio is a very strong play, and I think he's going to fill out the categories a little more than Dominguez is. So that's why I would use him as my number one waiver category. But if he's just looking strictly outfield help and Mauricio isn't eligible for outfield yet, I regret the air that I don't know necessarily what he's eligible at in most formats Um, and probably not going to get eligible this year. I think he's going to play mostly at second base for the Mets down the stretch, maybe some third, a little bit. Either way, I'm absolutely adding Ronnie Mauricio if I can.
2: Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, Ronald Acuna really had to We would be talking about (laughs) Mauricio exit Velo (laughs) if Acuna didn't do his uh, (laughs) ridiculous thing yesterday. But yeah, first uh, first major league hit, just an absolute rocket to the wall. Yes, but as you mentioned, the tools are there. Uh, I think maybe there may be kind of similar players. Is that fair? The 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 play discipline with Jason Dominguez, I think, is better. He draws more walks. Correct. Maybe more. Uh, uh, I was gonna say more uh, raw tools are there with B- Mauricio, but I don't know if that's fair to Dominguez. I feel like I'm. Maybe I shouldn't be making this comp. Uh, no,
1: it's fair. I, it's it's an interesting one, in, in part because like they're such different builds. Like Dominguez looks like a middle linebacker, whereas Ronnie Mauricio is more built yeah. like a uh, a point guard type of build, which is you know not small. You got to be tall or. or Fairly strong to play. I'm talking NBA sure. point guard, not your rec league point guard of the five foot three guy who is dribbling <laughs> the ball down the court. But they're similar. Um Dominguez has certainly lost some speed. He was at one point a guy who was 70 to 80 grade. He's not slow by any stretch of the imagination, but he's not quite the same speed guy he was. It'd be an interesting base race. I, I'm willing to organize that to have uh Dominguez started second. We'll have Mauricio start at home, see who can get around first. I loved base races. I was terrible about them as a kid, obviously, but you, they were, that that was fun. Especially if you lost the baseball game before to have the base race at the end, that chance to get um, that, that victory to make you feel a little better about how things were going. That was fun. Let's bring base race back into uh fantasy baseball, buddy. Hey, if it's your, if it's your idea, it's, it's, it works for me, bud. Thank you, sir.
2: Yeah, but Jason Dominguez kind of built like a kind of a fire hydrant. He's uh, yes. I don't know if you saw the the picture of him and him and Judge next to each other. That was uh, well, Judge next to anybody really, but <laughs> it's it an interesting uh, juxtaposition. Yes. And you know, going from uh, Jason Dominguez and Ronnie Mauricio, two very exciting young players, to uh, this next guy I'm going to talk about is not an easy transition for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Taylor Walls is back off the injured list, and given the Wander Franco situation, he's going to be the Rays everyday shortstop down the stretch. Got off to an awesome start this season. Everybody was picking Taylor Walls up, and then his last 49 games, which included yesterday after he came off the IL. Listen to this uh, triple slash line, Chris. 167, 278, 213. Oh, boy. In his last 49 games. Oh boy. But there's a the silver lining. He still went 13 for 14 in stolen base attempts over that stretch. And mm-hmm. on the season, 20 for 21 on stolen base attempts. He's multi position eligible. I don't think Taylor Walls is a good hitter. Um, I know I'm, I'm not really going out on a limb on that declaration, but he can run. He's yeah. got multi-position eligibility. This is really a deep league play. He's, it's not the same type of play as the first two guys we just mentioned. But, you know, they're, he's going to probably get lower in the raised lineup as well. But, you know, multi-position position guy who has shown the b- ability to steal bases even when not getting on base at a high clip, I think he's rosterable in deeper formats. Deeper
1: formats, Chris. It's, it's a deep deeper. league recommendation yeah you know it's a counting stats type of thing like the fact that he's going to be in the lineup every single day because of his defense and because of the absolutely heinous allegations against Wander Franco these this is what's happening he is their shortstop now that he's back on the field I think uh oslavis Basabi is a really interesting long-term play by the way we didn't get a chance to talk about him in part because I forgot to thank you Ryan thank you for going solo dolo last week while I was dealing with some stuff I really appreciate that my friend
0: yeah
1: yeah um yeah It's a counting stats thing. If you're looking for a guy who's going to be in the lineup every day and maybe score some runs, maybe steal some bases, maybe accidentally run into a home run, I do think he makes play. I'm going to give you two options here. I'm cheating a little bit, and they're both category helper guys. Uh, Hunter Goodman. If you're looking for homers, Hunter Goodman, I think, makes sense. Hasn't hit that first major league home run yet it'll be coming. He has plenty of power. He hit 36 home runs in 2022. He hit 34 home runs in 2023 before his promotion, 25 of those coming uh, while with AAA. Uh, uh, Worth pointing out that I don't think he's going to be an average helper, although he's hit for average uh, at a decent rate in the minor leagues. I just don't think that's going to be a big thing. But playing home games in course field and having a swing that is conducive to hitting the ball over the fence and a build that is conducive to hitting over the fence. I do think Goodman can help you there. And if you're looking for stolen bases, take a look at Kyron Paris, who is going to be, I think, playing an awful lot for the Angels, one of about 63 call-ups that they made. Um, it was very interesting to see just how many roster moves they made. Of course, a lot of that having to do with the fact that they waived 25% of their roster. Um, I, I don't think that Paris is going to provide much in terms of homers angels lineup absolutely is terrible now so maybe the run scoring isn't going to be there but i think he has a swing that's conducive for hitting for average and he's definitely got some speed he can definitely be a contributor there and i actually really like him in on base percentage leagues more than i like him in average leagues. so if you're playing an obp strong approach to the plate willing to draw those walks i think he's an interesting play um any other of the uh minor league guys that got called up that have any interest to you ryan
2: I was just going to say related to the Angels I, I took a little more enjoyment out of the fact than I pro- out of the fact that I probably should that the Angels after cutting all those guys and having 5 of the 6 guys get claimed off waivers they're still a little above that luxury tax threshold <laughs> and that was really the whole reason they were doing that so they got to pay the what whatever overage and you know, they're not gonna get as high of a draft pick when and I do say when Shohei Tiny leaves. Yeah. Um, so I, I took I took a little enjoyment out of that. One thing I wanted to add on Hunter Goodman could be catcher eligible. Yes. Uh, so that's a obviously a massive boost if Good if point. that's the case. So yeah, that uh you know he's he could be an even viable in like a five outfitter league. Just on the outfield eligibility, but you know, if he's catcher eligible, all the more reason to uh, to scoop him up.
1: Absolutely, yeah. That's though it hasn't hit for the pop yet, uh, but has hit for a decent average actually so far. So does make some sense. Holy crap! By the way, the Rockies. The fact that's not the worst team in baseball is really, really, really sad. Uh, let's end it on that downer note. That'll be it for us. Thank you for tuning in to the RotoWire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Please rate and review the show if you like what you're hearing. Do it anyway, but hit the five star button out of spite. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Crawford underscore MILB. Ryan is at Ryan P. Boyer. Stay tuned for more episodes through the end of the regular season. We will have new episodes every single day of the week. Thanks again. And uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, have a good Labor Day. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early,